0: Hello and welcome back to the Hull City Council podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest council updates and exclusive interviews with local people. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Caitlin from our major projects team about how the council is helping local organisations travel more sustainably and the return of the Bike Lights for Dark Night scheme. So thanks for tuning in and let's get into today's episode. So today we have Caitlin from our major projects team joining us on the podcast. Caitlin, thanks for coming along.
1: Thank you for having me. Great to be here.
0: Would you like to just start by introducing yourself and talking a little bit about the role you play at Hull City Council?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've worked as a business travel plan officer for Hull City Council since May last year. Um, And in my role, I engage and work with businesses and organisations on developing workplace travel plans uh, to encourage sustainable commuting.
0: So what kind of things does that involve with, with the businesses then? What kind of conversations are you having with them?
1: Um, so the kind of conversations that I'm having with businesses is all about trying to understand how their employees travel, what their transport needs are and how these can be met by using transport alternatives such as walking, cycling and public transport. The, the programme that we use is called Moodshift STARS. Um, and it's a national accreditation scheme recognising sites that go above and beyond in developing a effective travel plan. And the idea of it is to um, encourage sites to achieve changes in travel behaviour and reduce the number of single occupancy car journeys.
0: Why is it important to reduce car journeys in the city?
1: So it goes without saying that there are many obvious benefits with reducing car journeys within the city. One is better for the environment. Two, we're reducing the amount of carbon. Um, but when we're looking at the benefits, in particular for a business, um, it can reduce overcrowding in car parks and alleviate car parking congestion.
0: So let's start with the with the mode shift um, program, which I imagine you know the majority of our listeners probably won't know what that is. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about? about that, about how it started and how you got involved with it?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so the Motor Stars is a, a national recognised scheme and it's split into education, workplaces and residential. So in my role as a travel plan officer, I look after the workplace travel plans. The um, scheme is recognised by DFT um, and it's all about engaging with businesses or schools or residential sites to basically encourage sustainable commuting and trying to reduce the number of single occupancy car journeys. And we do that through um, promoting sustainable and active travel modes. Um, the Motor Staff Scheme acts as a travel plan toolkit ...that supports the creation and delivery of a travel plan. Um, Sites are awarded green, bronze, silver and gold and platinum accreditation... ...with silver and above only being awarded to sites who achieve a reduction in in car movements.
0: So let's dissect some of that a little bit. So for those who don't know what a travel plan is, how would you describe that?
1: Uh, So a travel plan is essentially a tool that helps organisations manage transport to and from their sites through a package of measures and actions and that is aimed at reducing single occupancy car journeys by encouraging the use of alternative modes. Um, the key to it all really is is the measures. Um, so by introducing a carefully selected package of measures um, that are specific to a site in a targeted way, businesses can achieve a greater and longer term impact that can influence changes in travel behavior so examples of those measures could include a cycle to work scheme car share scheme um incentives on-site facilities um including showers locker space and on-site cycle parking and also promotional events um such as our bike lights for dark nights program
0: it's quite like a transformational change for businesses isn't it um you know having to really rethink how they how they travel around the city for and you know not just for the business but for the employees too
1: yeah I mean the, pro- the program really is designed um to well for us as the authority to work with businesses and organizations um it's it, it has two two sides to it so traditionally um we would be notified of a travel plan um, through planning applications. And the scheme acts as a delivery tool in order to um, deliver a travel plan condition that may be associated with a planning application. So, for example, if a business was um, relocating in an office move or extending their site, a travel plan would normally be associated with that planning application. And that's where I would come in to work with that business in order to deliver that travel plan. And the programme acts as the tool for us to do that. But there's also a proactive side to the programme where businesses are are actually coming forward to us to say we'd love to be involved in the programme because we've got our own net zero ambitions that we want to work towards. And we've also got our own internal sustainability commitments that we want to achieve. Um, So the programme is is a facilitator for businesses and organisations in order to get there. So it's a really, really useful complementary tool for businesses and organisations who have got their own um, goals and ambitions and commitments that they want to achieve. And the programme can really help them do that.
0: So what type of organisations are currently on the programme?
1: So um, it's a mixed bag, really. So we've we've already got some some really good employers on the program already. Some large organisations on the ski in the, in the program. We've done um, some recent accreditations with businesses, including the Deep Arco, University of Hull, a couple of hotel chains, including DoubleTree and Holiday and Marina. They've recently received their accreditation, um, and those businesses um, joined voluntarily. Um, so I made them aware about the programme and its benefits and they they really liked the sound of it and they wanted to join in. And now they've just been accredited, which is fantastic. It is a journey and it's a continuous process of reviewing, monitoring and delivering. So how the programme works is I would meet with the business, um, get a feel and understanding of what's available on site. Is there a des- designated cycle path leading to the site? what are the facilities like on site Um, and then I would get an understanding of how their employees are currently commuting and we do that through a travel survey so how many people currently commuting by car how many currently are commuting by bike walking um, and using public transport and then what we would do is we would assess okay so what are the barriers and what are the enablers What's going to drive people um, to use alternative methods? What is restricting people um, from, from making active travel choices? Is there more that we can do? Um, and and it's, it's really just about how can we make it easier for people to commute? And it's also about information sharing as well. So making people aware of the choices. It's not about anti-car It's just about finding the right balance and trying to provide the right information that people need in order to make informed choices about how they could travel actively within the city.
0: I imagine the support that you and your colleagues give to businesses by the sounds of it is quite bespoke because, you know, businesses must have different needs, obviously got different sites, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. There's, there's definitely no one size fits all approach with it. Um, Different, organizations are on some smaller scales larger scales um and it's just about identifying what are those businesses doing internally at the moment in terms of um what schemes they currently have in place if any do they need support um what information can we provide to them as an as an authority to try and Equip them with the right information that they can then distribute to their staff. It's it's little initiatives like that that are being promoted internally within a business that can really make the difference in terms of how their staff choose to travel to and from work. Um, so there is definitely a range of measures, both hard and soft. So promotional um, work that we do with businesses, you know, offering bike libraries like secure marking, all of those kind of different events, really. Um, so it's, it's, it's a tailor-made package to suit that particular business.
0: So for businesses involved already in the Mode Shift programme, can you give any really great examples of the work that they've been doing?
1: Yes. Um, so in particular, we worked with The Deep. And after running a, running a travel survey, the results showed a demand for a bus service or a nearby bus stop. Um, and we presented that data to the local bus operator, um, and that resulted in a new temporary bus stop being positioned along Tower Street. Um, With the the bus stop located within that area, not only does it benefit the deep, but it also benefits neighbouring businesses, so you've got our co located directly opposite, who as well are on the programme. So it's you know, great to see that something like that can benefit not just only one business, but um, other businesses within that within that area. So it just goes to show that with the with the right data and the results from the travel survey, you can actually really deliver some tangible results. Um, it's great for the deep because they attract over half a million visitors each year, and the park and ride service just provides again an alternative option for people to travel sustainably.
0: So, from a particular business starting the program, how long is it? Does it take to get that first accreditation? Is it sort of a case of you work through the bronze right up to the platinum, or
1: yeah? So um, sites are awarded um, green in the first accreditation, um, and that acts as an approved travel plan, um, and then they work their way up to bronze and so on. So, um, in there is certain criteria that a business has to meet in order to achieve accreditation, and it all. It all um, is driven by the number of initiatives that they deliver and the types of initiatives. Um, So it it could be anything from um, adequate cycle parking, what schemes they've got in place, whether that be cycle to work scheme or car share scheme. Do they have electric vehicle provision on site? Um, Do they incentivise staff if they travel by bike or, or walking or public transport? Do they have any... Sustainable travel schemes in place. After all of that's been factored in, we then look to see where the gaps are and what we could do to deliver to try and get the percentage of um, single occupancy car drivers down um, in order to try and offset that against other modes. So once we've got the data back from the travel survey, we do set targets. And they're really flexible and obviously the businesses can, can agree to see, to see whether or not that would be achievable. But it's typically run on a five-year period. And it's really interesting because um, the businesses currently on the programme will be due to have their next travel survey as of next year. So I'm really excited to see whether or not the initiatives that we've put in place have had any impact. It's a constant process of monitoring and delivering the travel plan. And it's can be adapted to suit any business.
0: So the the businesses involved sort of get a really good support network from the council where it doesn't stop at accreditation, does it? It's a continuous thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm really excited to be working with the businesses, um, who have recently just been accredited on getting them up to the next stage. So the work doesn't stop there. Um, and it's a really, really rewarding feeling as well. Um, and you know, just engaging with staff on site to try and understand, you know, what is what what is preventing them from from making active travel choices or travelling sustainably, um, and we can provide them with the right information.
0: Moving on, it's not just businesses and organisations that we're working with to try and make them enable active travel, but it's also residents, which were and the launch of our bike lights for dark night scheme um people may have heard of it already as it's been on before um but if they haven't how what would you say it is uh
1: so the bike lights for dark nights initiative is um a program to increase the visibility of cyclists on the city's roads um so we now entered into phase two of the program um last year it was really successful um but this year we've done a lot more promotion on it um it all started um where myself and my colleague Tim were observing um quite a lot of cyclists travelling in dark clothing without lights and we thought this we need to we need to do something here we need to try and increase the visibility particularly as we're getting into the darker nights now in the winter months ahead. So we thought about putting a bid together for Safer Road Humber, which is what we did. Um, We identified key locations in the city um, using some data that we took from Safer Road Humber to identify where the particular hotspots were for collisions and trying to reduce that um, by just delivering the initiative and that is offering cyclists with um, a free set of bike lights and a high-vis rucksack cover.
0: Why is it important for cyclists to have lights on their bikes?
1: So um, it's all about remaining safe on the roads, um, ensuring that you're seen by other road users. Um, It's also very important to be aware that having lights on your bike is a legal requirement.
0: I imagine you get some really great feedback from those that you've distributed equipment to as well.
1: Yeah, last year, um, the feedback that we got was really great. um, Particularly, not just from the people that we were giving the equipment to, but from people who were witnessing you know us giving out the equipment and they said what a fantastic thing to do so it was again a great feeling and rewarding knowing that we're doing this initiative um and it's 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 fantastic we've got nine events planned um the scheme runs from today until uh, early march um and we're going to be running fortnightly um in different various locations
0: so if cyclists would like to either come along to one of these events or catch you in action giving out bike lights how can they find out that information
1: so we'll be promoting the events on the day we're, we're there to basically identify people who are in need of the equipment that's the most important part about it so we're going to be identifying cyclists who are rising without lights and in poor visibility and what we'll do is we'll just um, wave them down um, and ask them if they would like to be provided with the equipment and we'll fit it to their bike on the spot. Um, but yeah, that's that's the idea of the initiative really, it's, it's providing that equipment to people in need to ensure that they are safe when cycling on the city's roads.
0: Caitlin, really insightful. Um, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. So thanks again to Caitlin for joining us on the podcast today. If you'd like to stay updated or get involved with the council's active travel programme, you can follow Hull Active Travel on social media or visit www.travelhull.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, follow Hull City Council on social media or visit our website for more information www.hull.gov.uk. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Hull City Council podcast.